Wake that ass up early in the morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. The good brother has returned. Dr. Umar Johnson. Welcome back, brother. Peace and black power. Glad to be back. Nothing uh, bought me greater joy than watching Dr. Umar Johnson have his back to Senator Cory Booker. <laughs> the whole time Senator Cory Booker was in the lobby. I respect Senator Booker. Yes. Uh, there's a lot of black politicians who do some very good things. Mm-hmm. My concern with black elected officials, though, mm-hmm. is that most of them are married to the Democratic Party. Yes. As is the black community as a whole. And that's a problem mm-hmm. because the Democratic Party is a white racist institution mm-hmm. and it is just as racist as the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. So if you are married to the Democratic Party, that means you are a part of their agenda. Mm-hmm. You must be a team player. So if the best interests of the black community conflicts with the Democratic Party's agenda, you're obligated as a member of the team to carry out their agenda. And so I'm at a point in my life where I don't vote for black politicians unless they are independent candidates, because only if you're an independent candidate will you be an independent thinker. And if you're not an independent thinker, I can't give you my vote. So you haven't voted in a long time. <laughs> long, Absolutely. Long time. Do you think that we need like our own Tea Party sort of situation? I don't think black people need a party, but we need a political union. In other words, we don't necessarily need to have a candidate for president, a candidate for vice president. We are not a numerical majority in this country. And as a result, even if we had a party, there's certain elections we would not win. Now, having your own party where we are the physical majority in a city could be beneficial. Mm -hmm. But nationally speaking, what we need is a union. Lock your votes together. Meet with the Republican Party's candidate, the Democratic Party's candidate, See which of them are willing to give you the most for your vote and you cast it in that direction. The problem today is black people are married to the Democrats even before you hear the agenda. So they don't have to take you seriously because they know you will be there. It's like being in a relationship with a woman who you take advantage of. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter how many times you step out on her. When you get home, you know she's going to be there. So black America is the Democratic Party's cheap prostitute. Yeah, mm. I feel like this year has uh, we black people have really disrupted that in a major way. Like I think they know that they have to work for the black vote this year. Like this is the first time I've seen candidates actually have a black agenda. There's a reason for that, and I think it's because you still want to squeeze as much of the black vote as you can. But I believe that our relevance in the political landscape is beginning to decline. Because you have the rise of the Latino population and their vote. Mm. And unlike the African-American community, the Latino American community isn't married permanently one way or the other. Mm. So they're going to hear the Republicans out. They're going to hear the Democrats out and they're going to make a decision that's best for their community. Whereas black folks, we don't need to hear anyone out. Mm -hmm. We're voting for the Democratic Party irregardless. Let's look at this. There's five major problems that affect black America. Five. What are they? Mass incarceration, Mm -hmm. miseducation, gentrification, access to wealth, and police genocide. They're all equally relevant. Mass incarceration, miseducation, gentrification, police genocide, and access to wealth. Mm -hmm. My question for Senator Booker, as it would have been for Senator Harris, but of course she dropped out now. Okay. What plan do you have? Not promise. Black America has to get out of this thing. We want promises. I don't want no damn promises. I want to see a plan of action. What plan do you have 
to deal with miseducation? What plan do you have to deal with mass incarceration? What plan do you have to deal with the ethnic cleansing of black people out of our own residential neighborhoods? What plan do you have to deal with police assassinations of defenseless, unarmed black folks? And what plan do you have to help us access the wealth of America's banks? Mm. Mm-hmm. If he ain't got a plan for any one of those five, I can't vote for you. And guess what? 99% of black politicians don't have a plan for any of those five because those five things, Charlemagne and Envy, are the backbone of white supremacy. It's the backbone of political and economic disenfranchisement of black folks. If you deal with any one of those five, you are weakening the fiber of white supremacies or white racism's control of domination over black existence. I was going to ask you uh, who's one of your top choices out of the presidential candidates. Nobody. <laughs> Bernie Sanders doesn't have a solution for black people. Unless someone arises yeah. talking something that I think is relevant for us. What did you think of Kamala Harris? I don't vote for black people who are not married to black people. I, I think we know that. that. <laughs> right, right. Okay. You, you so she wasn't it. going to get my vote anyway. What if she had? A, what if she had all the plans for black people that we talk about, but was still married to a white person? She could not have, because you can't mix oil and water. Mm. So if a black woman is committing her life to a white male, understanding what the white male population has done to black people in this country, that right there tells me how serious you are about us. For example, the other day, y'all had a terrific interview with our brother Byron Allen. Yes, sir. But I'm upset with both of you because you did not ask the question that needed to be asked. Byron Allen spoke eloquently about the black economic situation Mm -hmm. and our need to keep our wealth in our community and our need to concentrate that wealth for our own benefit so if you know that much about black economic power how could you make the mistake of not investing your wealth into a black woman mm. one plus one equals two you can't come up here talking about black <laughs> economic power and black? our need to protect the 1866 civil rights law when you yourself didn't think enough of us to contribute your money and your capital and your wealth and your estate by marrying a black woman. You should have just you added in your live, penis. You cannot live white. <laughs> yeah. So, so what, do you, what, do you, what do you think black. that was? What do you think that is? That the fact that he's quote unquote trying to help our community, but you see him married to a white woman? Here would be my question for Byron Allen. Go ahead. This whole message of black people needing to protect the 1866 Civil Rights Bill, is that for us? Or him? Or is it for you? In other words, is this another Barack Obama tactic where you get black people all in their emotions Mm -hmm. and they follow you out and do whatever you want? And then at the end of the day, you benefit and we don't because that's what Obama did. We got nothing out of that at all. Latinos benefited. Homosexuals benefited. Women benefited. Immigrants benefited. Black folks who built this country did not benefit from Obama at all. Not a single law just for us. You understand? So if I were talking to Byron Allen, this is what I would say. I respect him, first of all. You understand? He's still my brother, even though there's political disagreements. Correct. But I would say, listen, your wife is white. So we're going to stop the black talk right there. Here's what I want to know. How many people on your board of directors for your corporation are African people, black folks? Mm -hmm. I also want to know, how many of your employees are black? I also want to know, to how many black companies do you subcontract for services and other things that you need to run your corporation. In other words, I want to see how much of this contract that you may very well get with Comcast and Charter, you understand, is going to reciprocate back to the black community. Because if I see you got an all-white board or mostly white board or mostly white employees, then I know this is not really about black folks. Also, 
with a contract worth that much money, there's going to be a lot of not-for-profit kickbacks, a lot of tax write-offs. How many black community organizations are you going to be writing off, you understand, by giving them contributions from that available pool of funds that you have? How are we going to benefit? Because your white wife, she's going to get everything you bring home. Mm. That contract, she's going to benefit from it more than any black woman in America. So you got to give me something so I know you serious. Now, even if he didn't know Envy, mm-hmm. even if he couldn't answer my questions in a way that I thought was acceptable, mm-hmm. Charlemagne, mm-hmm. I'm still going to ride with him. You want to know why? Mm-hmm. Because that civil rights bill is critical for us. Mm-hmm. And one thing I don't do is throw out the baby with the bathwater, you see. So even if he can't answer my questions well, I got to ride with him because them dismantling that bill can affect a lot of other black people coming down the pipe. Let me ask you a question, Dr. Umar. Uh, you, you rock with Frederick Douglass heavy. Blood you know, relative. That's your blood relative. Blood relative. He had a white wife. His second wife was white. Okay. Okay. And he had he has he must be held accountable for that, by the way. Okay. No problem. But his first wife, Anna Murray Douglas, through whom all five of his children were born, was a blue, black, purple African woman. Mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with people bringing up the fact that Frederick Douglass had a white wife. He shouldn't have done it. But put it in context. <laughs> put it in context. Put it in context. Yes, he was old, of age. His wife of 50 years who helped him escape from slavery to freedom. The woman who sewn the outfit that he used to escape from slavery to freedom. The woman who created the false slave paper that allowed him to travel. That black woman with whose help he would have never, without whose help, he would have never been free. She died after 50 years. He went into a depression. As an old man, he couldn't trust nobody. Rumor has it that Anna Murray Douglas told the white woman, Helen Pitts, to take care of Frederick after she dies. It's still not acceptable. But don't ignore the fact that he spent 50 years with a blue, black, purple, nappy-headed, beautiful African woman. We give the white woman all the attention, and most people never even knew Anna Murray Douglas existed. And if Frederick Douglass was alive, I think he would admit, too, that that was one thing he wished he would have undone. Because if Frederick Douglass had never married that white woman, he would undisputably be and I would argue still is, the greatest black leader that ever walked this country. So are you against interracial relationships, period? Absolutely. She must be African, which automatically brings up a question about our Latino brothers and sisters, because we know that Cuba, and my paternal great-grandfather was Cuban, okay? We know that many of our Latino brothers and sisters from com, coming from Cuba and Puerto Rico and other Spanish-speaking islands, most of them are African, too, biologically. But I do not include you unless you are African psychologically. In other words, I got Puerto Rican friends who are straight red, black, and green as I am. Remember now, Cuba was the most thoroughly organized Marcus Garvey Island in the Caribbean. There were more chapters of the red, black, and green in Cuba than any other island in the Caribbean and most countries in the world. In Puerto Rico, strong Garvey Island, if you would. So for me, I don't discriminate whether you a Spanish-speaking African, whether you an English-speaking African, whether you a blue, black, purple, nappy-headed African, whether you light-skinned African, we all one family. But for me, it's a two-question, it's a two-pronged test, Envy. Mm-hmm. Are you biologically African and are you psychologically African? Because I'll reject anybody. I don't care if you Clarence Thomas, he blue, black, purple, but that Negro gets rejected because he's done nothing for black folks since he's been on that Supreme Court bench. Now, what about the uh, the school that I know last time you came here, you were... Uh, Frederick Douglass Marcus Garvey Academy. Let's, let's talk about, let's talk about the Academy. Well, through the grace of God, earlier this year, February the 7th, mm-hmm. seven days before Frederick Douglass's birthday, we purchased... Not one school, but two. 
Wilmington, Delaware. We have a campus, four buildings strong. Mm-hmm. It used to be a charter school. They lost their charter. Luckily, we was able to purchase it, so now we're raising money. Congratulations. Thank you, to restore the school. And what I like most about it, it's in a predominantly black community. What I also like about it is we have all the square footage that we need. We have two buildings, the Frederick Douglass Building, that's the high school. Modern gym, modern schools. These are not old schools. These are modern. Marcus Garvey Building is right across the street. They face each other. So because we have two school builders instead of one, there's a very strong chance that we may start educating our girls in the Anna Douglas Amy Garvey Academy at the same time that we educate our boys because we have the two schools. But even if we don't start the girls at the same time we start the boys, we will be evolving to the girls' academy as well. That was always a part of my plan. I just didn't think we would be so blessed as to end up with two different schools. So everyone listening, make sure you donate. Go to my website, drumarjohnson.com. Go to your cash app and donate, dollar sign FDMG school. I repeat, dollar sign FDMG school on the cash app. We need a million dollars to restore the whole campus. I'm glad that happened because I remember people was giving you so much flack. It was like, mm-hmm. Dr. Umar collected all this money. Mm-hmm. The school never manifested. So I'm glad that you. Well, the thing, the interesting thing about that is $750,000. And y'all know this is not a lot of money for a commercial property. $750,000 oh, to depends. purchase a well, school. Cool. Yeah. For a school. school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you understand? Yeah. Some of the lowest prices we saw was like 1.1, 1.2, 1.3, the low end. You understand? Mm-hmm. But I just stayed after them and stayed after them and said, listen, y'all not doing nothing with the school. Work with me with what we got. You understand? Mm-hmm. And that's how we was finally blessed to get it because we couldn't even afford that one as well. So we was blessed. But we owned it outright. It is ours. So what I want to do is focus on the Garvey School, the small school, get that one up and ready, and then we're going to begin the education. And what are we teaching? Economic science. Because most schools are all about what? Sending our kids to college. Mm-hmm. I'm not against college because without it, there's no doctors, there's no engineers, mm-hmm. there's no teachers, there's no psychologists. So you got to send some of our children to college. But does everybody got to go? Of course not. Everybody don't need to be going to college. One of the messages I would have if I was speaking to LeBron James or Oprah Winfrey, two people who give a lot of money to educate black children. Why y'all keep giving white colleges all y'all money to educate us? That's not benefiting us. All you're doing is making white colleges richer. Instead of paying $100,000 for my daughter to go to college, how about giving her a $100,000 business grant? Mm. And then put a team together, Charlemagne, mm. who will coach those young people, help them with their budget, help them with their marketing plan, help them with their operation plan, help them with their business plan. That's what you should be doing, giving our young people businesses that they control, not giving a white university $100,000. That's not benefiting our people. I know LeBron means well. I know Oprah means well, but you're not helping us. You're only helping the universities by doing that. Start giving us business grants. Grants instead of paying for college education. What do you think well, about LeBron, LeBron opened up his own school, though. LeBron James does not have his own school. In Akron? That is an Akron public school. Private citizens do not own public schools. LeBron mm. James put up, I believe, 25% of the money for the school. The other 75% is paid for by the taxpayers. It's not a charter school either. It's a public school. Mm. And that's no knock on LeBron because I like what he's doing. LeBron says he will pay for the college education of every parent and every child that attends that school. That's beautiful. Me and my mother going to go to college for free? That's beautiful. You understand? But I would ask him, like I would ask Jalen Rose, like I would ask Sean Puffy Combs, why are black millionaires opening up charter schools? Explain. Does a black millionaire need a welfare check from the government? If you're worth a million dollars, do you need federal housing? Do you need food stamps? Do you need WIC? No. Do you need, you understand me? A charter school 
is a public school, Charlamagne. You don't own them. Mm. Those are public property. You don't own those. Which is why my school, the Frederick Douglass Marcus Garvey Academy, our school is independent. We call those shots. When you're a charter school, and, I'm, and I can speak to this because I'm a former charter school principal and a former charter school vice principal and a former charter school certified school psychologist. So I know everything about charter schools. And in Philadelphia, we have more of them than any other city in America. You don't own them. In other words, if Envy and Charlemagne opens up a charter school in New York for mass communications, right? Mm -hmm. Y'all get a brand new building built from the ground. The state of New York could come in any day they feel like it and say, guess what? Your test score is too low. We're giving you two years to get them up. Two years go by, Envy. Test score is still low because the kids you're coming, coming to you are coming from feeder schools where they didn't get a good education. Mm. After two years, even though you know you're doing a good job, they will take your charter and shut you down. How do you think I got the school we just bought? They renovated that school from the ground up. But guess what? The, day, the state of Delaware took their charter because they said the test scores were too low and that they were financially mismanaging money. And those are the two biggest excuses mm -hmm. they used to shut down black charters. Financial mismanagement and low test scores. I will never give the white power structure that much control over the destiny of educating our children. Now, in their defense, they're not educators. Jalen may have never heard that conversation. LeBron may have never had that conversation. Puff may have never had that conversation. But with the type of money these men have access to, I would really wish they would open up independent schools because if Puffy got an independent school, guess what? When he's dead and going to become an ancestor, that school continues to thrive. You understand me? It goes mm -hmm. to his kids. And then it goes to his grandkids all the way down. It will never disappear. But when it's charter, the state decides when you live or die. I didn't know that. And what about HBCUs? What do you, what is we need to support HBCUs? our historically black colleges and universities. The problem with the HBCUs, they're being gentrified just like our neighborhoods. Just like they're moving black people out the ghettos. They're moving black professors and black students out of the HBCUs. Mm. Bluefield State in West Virginia. I visited it when I spoke in West Virginia a few years ago. Did you know that that was an HBCU? It is now a PWI. Mm. A historically black college is now a PWI. And guess who was also at risk of becoming a PWI? Mm. Howard University. Mm. The amount of African-American students at Howard slowly now, this ain't going to be overnight, but slowly is beginning to decline in the amount of non-African-American students at Howard University is beginning to increase. I believe the United States government has its sights on Howard University. And if we do not protect it sooner or later, that will be a PWI. But there's so many more. It's not just those. There's others. And even the ones that are not going to become PWIs, they're being threatened with being shut down. And to me, that's unjustifiable because of the amount of black young millionaires that we have. Look at all the rappers and athletes and entertainers and models and singers that we have. Why can't we divide up the HBCUs amongst our millionaires? Divide them up. Y'all three, take Hampton, which I believe is your alma mater. Yes, sir. Y'all three, take Morgan. Y'all three, take Morehouse. Y'all three, take South Carolina State. We can do this if we do it together. But the problem is the average black millionaire has the same value system and interests as middle class white America. They don't have a heart to give back to the community because they are one or two generations away from the civil rights movement, which was the last time black people looked out for each other in a significant way. Well, for the record, uh, a month and a half ago, I gave a quarter million dollars sure to South Carolina State. Powerful. And brother. we just raised, uh, we just raised 800,000 $800, for the Thurgood Marshall College Fund. Powerful. To give the I commend y'all for that. I commend y'all right. for that.
Bill and Camille Cosby gave the single largest donation to an HBCU in American history. I believe it was Spelman mm-hmm. in the amount of $20 million. And of course, when the Bill Cosby scandal popped, they returned the unused money. Had I been Camille Cosby, I would have said, if y'all going to renounce my husband, don't return the unused money, return the entire $20 million back. Speaking of Bill, if I could, I take issue with the conviction. He just did an interview for the first time a couple days ago All right. from prison. Mm-hmm. Legally blind, by the way, sitting in a prison right south of Philadelphia. I know some folks who know some folks who are in there with him. He need help to go to the bathroom, help to get dressed, help to eat. Mm-hmm. Legally blind. But he's strong. I think he's going to beat this because he wants to tell his story. When the Bill Cosby conviction was handed down, I had questions. And, of course, the surviving R. Kelly came out right after Cosby's conviction, January of this year. Right. Two prominent, successful black males accused and convicted of Sexual abuse, violence, what have you. Mm-hmm. I urged caution for black America. Not because I thought R. Kelly was innocent, because I don't. I do believe Bill Cosby is innocent. Nobody's showing up at somebody's house 845 at night, and y'all done been together multiple times. Y'all done met at casinos multiple times. Y'all done done this little kissing and petting multiple times. Case was thrown out in 2005, the first time the DA said it ain't enough evidence here to prosecute. Ten years later, they finally decided to hear the case. Because more women came out, said he abused them. The first trial ends in a hung jury. Then they retry him again on the thinnest of evidence, and he gets convicted. I want y'all to know the real reason Bill Cosby is arrested is not is doing time. is not just because he wanted to buy a major network. Here's another part y'all need to understand. Bill and Camille Cosby purchased a property in Massachusetts in 1971. That property sits on top what is believed to be an untapped source of oil. There is a very large company whose name I'm not going to mention on your show. They're one of the largest energy companies in the world and one of the top energy companies in America. They deal in gas. They deal in petroleum. They deal in oil. They've been begging Bill and Camille Cosby to let them explore and dig under the driveway to their Massachusetts house. And they've been at this for a long time. They intensified their demands around 2014, 2015. They even went to the federal government and they're now trying to get the federal government to force the Cosbys to let them dig up under their house. The Cosbys are not alone. There's about 400 homeowners up there in Massachusetts who don't want no oil digging and drilling and anything else they want to do up there. I got a significant reason to believe. And the word is out on the street back home in Philadelphia that part of this conviction had to do with trying to bankrupt Bill Cosby to force them to sell the Massachusetts house so the oil company could have its way. See, I don't have a problem with the fact that Miss Constan waited a year before she told the police. I'm a therapist. I'm in mental health. I'm a doctor of psychology. I know trauma and how it affects people. Your behavior afterwards is not always logical. What makes the Cosby conviction different from any other rape case is one glaring fact. She's white. He's black. The white woman in America is the most privileged human being in this society. The black man in America is the most discredited, maligned individual in this society. We are considered guilty and then we have to prove our innocence. Not only that, black men have a history of being falsely accused to be sexually uncontrollable with a lust for raping white women. How many black men been lynched for that, although they were innocent? So you mean to tell me that this white woman, who was not no poor, broke white woman, she was over Temple University basketball operations. You were sexually abused by the most famous black man in American television history. And you say nothing for a year. 
You go back, you continue to communicate with this man, so forth and so on. You're not going to convince me that a white woman is going to wait to tell on DJ Envy if you assaulted her. You can't convince me that a white woman is going to wait to tell on Charlemagne or Dr. Umar if we assaulted them. We have the entire might of the criminal justice system already organized against us. But you said trauma, people react to trauma It does, but she's a privileged white woman. You do not wait to tell on a black man. That is nonsense. So trauma doesn't affect the white people to... Same as trauma does, but her political position dictates that you go and tell your white male what the black male did to you. And she did not do that. Mm. I'm going to go a step further. Meek Mill, shout out to Meek, North Philly. Should have never been in prison. He's still going through that situation, I believe. Hopefully he will win that. He will win that. Thank God he's freed on that. He's doing some criminal justice reform work. Mm -hmm. So I want to clear that before I make this point. But why was Meek Mill released from prison on April 24th, 2018? Tell us. Because the Pennsylvania criminal justice system knew that they was going to lynch Bill Cosby on April 26, 2018. Meek Mill had to be released from prison before Cosby was convicted. Why? You cannot have the two most prominent black North Philadelphia entertainers in prison at the same time. Why, Envy? Because that would have shined a light on the Pennsylvania criminal justice system, one of the most notorious in America. One out of every 28 Pennsylvanians is under some form of supervision by the criminal justice system. That's, that's the fact. You understand? Yeah, yeah. Not only that, Pennsylvania's 16 state prisons, I believe it is, are all mostly maxed to capacity. Pennsylvania jails are so crowded that they're putting prisoners in the county jails because they ain't got the space in the state prisons. And it gets worse than that. Pennsylvania leads the nation for the highest life without parole sentencing for black people. And guess who is the number one county in the country? Philadelphia. Philadelphia's life without parole sentencing for black people is number one in the country. And guess what? For most of those life without parolees, guess what? When they first contact the system of incarceration envy, they less than 25 years old. They are stealing life from babies. So the reason they had to let Meek out on the 24th before they lynched Cosby on the 26th is because if they were in jail at the same time, the whole attention of America would have been on the Pennsylvania criminal injustice system and they couldn't allow that to happen. They had to free Mill in order to kill Bill. So what about, uh, you know, that's what Meek's trying to do now. Meek, Michael Rubin, Jay-Z, like they're trying to change legislation in Philadelphia. Well, that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a good thing. But we can change it even quicker. And I mm -hmm. support them. And shout out to Jay-Z. Because when Jay-Z decided to make that deal with the NFL, I got a phone call from half the radio, black radio stations in America. Mm -hmm. Jay-Z is a sellout. Da, da, da. I said, time out. Don't come to me with that. What do you mean, Doc? He working with the NFL. I said, back off. I said, let me explain something to you. When you invest in black people, I give you some political credit. I'm going to give you some room to do some things that might look suspicious on the surface, but I've, you've earned enough trust from me, Envy, where I'm going to let you move a little bit before I judge your actions. Mm -hmm. See, when Jay-Z stepped up during the protests in Baltimore, Maryland, and when Jay-Z stepped up during the protests down in St. Louis and paid for a lot of those protesters to get out of prison, so mm -hmm. forth and so on, when Jay-Z paid to get that Khalif Browder documentary 
produced. Mm-hmm. And when Jay-Z turned down the Super Bowl halftime show a couple years ago, I said, okay, that brother right there, he got some love for his people. And the Trayvon Martin documentary. Mm-hmm. And the tra- I didn't know that. Yeah. And, and I Trayvon. spoke with Trayvon Martin's father on the phone. Shout out to Jay on that. So Jay has shown me that he give a damn. When Beyonce got up on that Super Bowl halftime show, 2016, and paid tribute to the Black Panther Party on a 50-year anniversary, Beyonce showed me right there on the biggest stage in the world. She said, I'm going to show respect for what my ancestors have done for me. I ain't forgot about Asada Shakur. Mm -hmm. I ain't forgot about Fred Hampton. I ain't forgot about Mark Clark. I ain't forgot about Geronimo Pratt. So as far as I'm concerned, can't nobody come to me about Jay-Z and Beyonce because... Did they do everything? No. But they did enough to let me know I care. And because of that, I'm going to give that brother some wiggle room before I judge him. How we know he not trying to get an NFL team to give Kaepernick his job back? The NFL is a multinational corporation, Envy. You know how many young black people he can give jobs to? Do you know how many ex-offenders he can give jobs to? Do you know how many black businesses he can give contracts to if he becomes the owner? And I don't know if he's trying to or not. Mm-hmm. I'm simply stating that I, I trust him enough and respect him enough that I'm going to give him an opportunity to make some moves before I judge my brother. Sometimes we are too quick to castigate the rich before giving them an opportunity to show what they really are about. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. A lot of people don't know this. Did you know Dr. King never believed in nonviolence? I'm getting facts. Um, I, 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 I've, I've heard things. Okay. That you know just, who they brought? He had the invaders with him, the black invaders. Yeah, but there was a black man by the name of Bayard Rustin from mm-hmm. Chester, PA. They brought Bayard Rustin down to Montgomery, Alabama to convince Dr. King that you're going to have to do nonviolence down here because black people will get massacred. Mm -hmm. Dr. King said, "Uh uh-uh, we need to stand up and fight. He said, you cannot do that. They convinced Dr. King to push the nonviolent rhetoric. But guess what you don't know? The Southern Christian Leadership Conference had a stockade of weapons that they thought they may sooner or later have to use envy once the nonviolent tactic broke down. And but people you got, around King were with the shits anyway. Stokey Carmichael was always with the shits. Well, remember, Stokely and, and, uh, and King disagreed politically yeah. on some things, although they Especially didn't the work together. Factor. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But my point is, publicly he said one thing. Privately he believed another. When people are in front of the cameras on a regular basis, you should not be expecting them to do what Dr. Umar Johnson do. That's my job to do this. Mm-hmm. My job is to go hard because I'm the front man. I'm not the politician. I'm not the diplomat. That's y'all. I'm coming hard. But guess what? For Jay, he going to move a little different. Dr. King, he ain't going to come like Marcus Garvey and Malcolm X. He's going to move a little different. So we need to be a little slow to judge people. I'll give you another one. Tyler Perry. Shout out to him. Mm-hmm. He just built the $400 million Tyler Perry Studios, larger than most of the white major studios, right? People say, so what is he doing this for? To make more Medeas, more this, more that? I'm not a fan of Medea. You understand? But guess what? If he has to do Medea to raise the necessary capital so he can give us a movie on Marcus Garvey, let him do Medea. If he has to do that to raise enough capital so he can give us a movie on the Mau Mau Revolution. So he can give us a movie on Bishop Turner or Martin Delaney. So he can give us a movie showing how a black man finally leaves his white woman and goes back to the black woman. If he can give us a movie showing us how black people finally get organized, you understand, Shit, and take out political economic power. My point is... If he just built a studio, that's how exactly, black people. Yeah. That's my point. Give that man some room to maneuver and judge him later. Because guess what? I don't want Tyler Perry on the front line. And I don't want Jay-Z on the front line. You know why? Because they are the financiers. 
financiers don't go on the front line. We can't afford to lose them because if we lose them, who's going to replace them? You understand mm. me? They don't go on the front line. They always playing quarterback in the back. We do the front line work. You understand? But our people's political immaturity is so low that we judge everybody by the same standard. You can't judge a billionaire by a thousandaire standard. Mm. Dr. Umar, you know, Charlamagne got to go, and, so um, we appreciate you for joining us. But no, us. more people mm -hmm. need to read Spook Who Sat By The Door. The Spook Who Sat By The Spook Door. Spook Who Sat By The I'll Door. I watch the movie if you don't like reading. They definitely. Then, then you might understand these brothers a little bit better. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. Well, we appreciate you for joining us, Not brother. Problem, Anything brother. else we need to know, brother? Um, and we can't make it, it can't be so long in between visits, man. We can't be so long in between visits. One more point if I can. Brother Kanye, ask the question. Mm -hmm. Was slavery a choice? Mm -hmm. Very disrespectful question when you know what we've been through in these streets. He must never heard of Nat Turner. And what he did, paying the ultimate sacrifice. He never heard of Denmark Vesey Denmark and what Vesey. he did. Mm -hmm. He never heard of Gabriel Prosser and what he did. He must have never heard of the Stono Rebellion. He must have never heard when Queen Mother Harriet Ted said slavery was the closest thing next to hell. He must have never heard of all those black women who suffocated and drowned their babies on purpose so they would never have to live as slaves. He must have never heard of Ebo Landing when a group of enslaved Africans got off the boat in Georgia. Guess what they did? And there's a marker down there with the chain still on their body. They turned around and walked back into the water, every last one of them, and gave their life rather than live as slaves. See, the problem is we have too many politically uneducated celebrities speaking for the community. And the problem, Envy and Charlemagne, is the fact that we no longer have a black middle class bourgeoisie. The gatekeepers are gone. Sharpton's gone. Jesse's gone. Congressional Black Caucus no longer holds the sway. Urban League NAACP no longer holds the sway. So guess what the white power structure going to do now? They're going to start using black celebrities to mm -hmm. represent the opinion of black folks. And I'm very concerned about that because the average rapper is politically uneducated. The average celebrity, actor, entertainer, they are politically uneducated. And even the ones who are politically educated may not have the courage to speak truth to power. So my question to Kanye is you don't have the right to ask that question when you didn't even marry a black woman. You don't have a right to ask that question dyeing your hair blonde. You don't have a right to ask that question wearing white Jesus pieces around your neck. You don't have a right to ask that question when you're in the White House hugging Donald Trump, telling that man you love him. What do you love so much about the orange man? What has he done to make you love him? So we have to hold our entertainers accountable because they're running around making a mockery out of the rest of us. But I would say to everyone, support the Frederick Douglass Marcus Garvey Academy. God willing, we hope to be operational, if not by this summer, definitely by next. Go to DrUmarJohnson.com. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at DrUmarJohnson. And we're going to change the course of history with this school. Talk All black right. to me, Dr. Umar, as All Vicky right. Dillard says. Right. <laughs> you know, it's going to be funny. I love, I, love the, I love when Dr. Umar leaves and I get to look at the reactions of social media. Because he'd be having people so up in the That's house. because most people are not used to a black male with a traditional European education. I have my doctorate, my master's, all of that. Speaking truth to power the way that I do. Normally when you get to my level of education, you become a coon or a negro. And what's the difference between a coon and a negro, Envy? The, the negro is innocent in his ignorance. The Negro think Jesus is white. The Negro think white people are smarter. It's not his fault. He's been miseducated, Charlemagne. Mm. But the coon is dangerous. The coon knows Jesus wasn't white. The coon knows white people are not superior to blacks, but they will act like they are because they're going to get something for doing so. The coon consciously sells out his people. The Negro does it out of ignorance. I can work with a Negro. 
Never trust the coon. One right. last point. I want him to clear this up. Sure. Atlanta Black Star reported that there was a time that your credentials were under investigation. Okay, let's talk about what, that. What's your response to that? They said you didn't have the proper license to be a psychologist and you could lose your credentials in Pennsylvania. Okay, I don't hold a psychology license because I never pursued it. Okay. Psychology, like any other discipline, once you do your pre-doc intern and you do your dissertation, you get your doctorate, which is what I have. If you want to get licensed, you have to go to work for an additional year, 1,750 hours in Pennsylvania. You're basically working under a licensed psychologist, and then you take your exam, and you get your license. I never took the exam. I never did the postdoc hours. Why not? Because I'm a certified school psychologist. That's where I've made my name. That's where most of my work was done. So I made a decision after I got my doctorate that is really not necessary to pursue my license because my school psychologist certification is what gives me the legal prerogative to go into schools and evaluate children. But the reason they questioned my credential in the first place is, once again, how could he dare talk like that if he really had that paperwork? And the irony of me not having the credentials is you can call the university and find out if I graduated from there, they will tell you that. Mm -hmm. So it's nothing mysterious about this. It's not a secret society. You contact the university and find out. But after being a certified school psychologist for 20 years now, with the thousands of kids that I've saved, there's no black man in America separate from an institution who has saved more black boys from the psychoacademic Holocaust, from prison, from miseducation, from psychiatric medication, from special education, from juvenile detention. You can't name one who's done more to save our children than I have. I've educated a whole generation of black parents on how to fight the system. And speaking of that, I'm going to become the president. There's a strong chance I'm going to become the president of the New York City chapter of our organization, the National Independent Black Parent Association, where we're going to train parents and organize them on how to bring change in the schools. In seven main areas, envy, special ed, school discipline, school finance, school policy, parent advocacy, homeschooling, and social support. We need that because we don't have enough Frederick Douglass Marcus Garvey Academy schools right now. So we got to educate the parents where they are. And if there's anyone watching this who want to host a training in their state, because 2020, I'm going to every state in America, y'all, and I'm going to train the black parents who want to be trained on the art of how to deal with the schools. What is autism? What is a learning disability? What is an evaluation? What is an IEP? And what states can you exempt your child from vaccinations in order to attend public and charter school? What's the difference between public school, charter school, independent school, parochial school? How to write a letter when you disagree with the school? What to do when the teacher tell you you got to put your child on drugs? We're going to educate every parent who wants to be educated in these 50 states this year. So if you're interested, go to DrUmarJohnson.com, get in contact with me. But the black parent revolution begins now. All okay, right. final question, I promise. Sure. Do you so like you the conversations that we're having that are elevating uh, the Oh, I got to give y'all a lot of credit. Y'all changed the game on that. Because before the Breakfast Club start bringing in conscious personalities, Honorable Minister Farrakhan, rest in peace Dick Gregory, mm -hmm. mentor of mine, before y'all did that, most of the popular and hip-hop and grassroots music, sports, and entertainment-oriented shows, they didn't touch us. Mm -hmm. They didn't touch us. But once y'all did that, they said, whoa, them boys getting as much views as everybody else. Mm -hmm. Look at that Dr. Umar. Mm -hmm. Damn. So then they started hitting us. So y'all have made it comfortable and popular for entertainment radio to now have conversations with politics. And that was strong. I give y'all kudos for that. Well, what about mental health? I mental health. I wanted to say this to you because <laughs> I know you're pushing guy. the mental health, which is good. We have mental health issues in the black community. But Charlemagne, you got to be careful for a couple reasons. Number one, for black people, mental health is all about medicine. They don't give a damn about us. 
Yeah, they want to just put his own medication. They want to push Ritalin, Adderall, Concerta, Cyclert, Risperdal, Depakote, Prozac, Paxil. So when you say mental health for black folks, Envy, you have to make sure you're talking about traditional talk therapy. That's right. Don't let them push them pills. Remember now, it was the psychologists who came up with the philosophical and theoretical rationale for segregation. A lot of people don't know this. Who was Adolf Hitler's propaganda minister? A psychologist by the name of Joseph Goebbels. Go to South Africa. Who engineered the apartheid regime? A white psychologist. Come to America. Who engineered and justified separate but equal and black inferiority and white superiority? It was psychologists. Henry H. Goddard at the top of that list and others. So the reason black people don't search out mental health, Charlemagne, ain't because we don't want it. But we recognize that the mental health establishment played a significant role in the destabilization of the black community. Did you know that up until 1965, 38 states didn't let black people have kids or get married if your IQ score was beneath a certain number? You see, and not only that, even if you come to me for therapy, Envy, if you tell me something that is potentially incriminating, by law, I have to break the therapist, client privilege Mm -hmm. and tell on you so a lot of black mothers who need therapy ain't going Charlamagne. you know why because if i tell them what happened to my child it's hurting me i need to talk but if i tell them they can take my children we scared to talk to white folks that's why we need black therapists that's why we need black therapists Mm -hmm. and we need the black psychologists to get back into therapy because a lot of black psychologists are not doing therapy you know what they're doing testing and assessment you know why? There's more money in, the in testing and assessment in medicine mm-hmm. than it is in the talk therapy. Mm. So that's something that we have to do. All right. Dr. Umar Johnson. Black Power. Appreciate you for joining yes, us. Yes, sir. Dr. Umar Johnson, it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning.